Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. Great to see you all. Right? That's a, we're learning. We're getting better little by little, you know. Did I say it right? Sort of. <laughs> I tried my best. New Year. There's something that's exciting uh, about new things. We just like getting new stuff, right? When you uh, get a new car, a new house, new clothes, you try a new restaurant that's good. There's something about it that just it stirs us. When, when new movies come out, people want to be the first to go see it. Every new year, there's this excitement that comes up. And part of that is because that's the way God created us. And so as we begin this series, we're, we're, we're talking about new things, but we're also winding up. We're closing out. Closing out the old, this one series, and we'll start a new series. Um, and so the series we've been on is called Set Apart talking about holiness and what's the biblical picture of holiness. So the first week we talked about how God is the definition of what is holy, how we lost holiness, uh, that which is that relationship with God because we are only holy because we're connected with God. It's only through that relationship with God that we become holy. holy. And then we talked about how holiness has been revealed, uh, the, the path for us back to holiness and how we're gonna how that holiness restored. Last week we just talked about how what it means personally or and practically in our lives to live out holiness. But this week we're gonna hit holiness completed, which is the um, just gonna the summation of where does holiness end up? How does this whole thing end? Where are we headed? What does it look like? For us, if we do everything the Bible says, live according to the way that God wants us to live in the relationship with Him that He intended for us, living the life that He created us for, if we're on track, where's that going to end up? Okay, so we're going to see sort of the end of the of the, of the picture. I don't know about you, but um, back home in in the states, we would record the Sunday football games because we had church, you know. So we couldn't we couldn't watch the games live, as we'd be in church all day on Sunday. But we were also very connected with some of the professional football teams there, um, and so we'd always want to know what happened. And the team that that we were connected with, the New York Jets, was really a bad team. They always were losing all the time. It was really sad. It's kind of one of those you know, suffering fans. Uh, and, and we were actually, uh, the, one of our pastors was the chaplain. And so we'd often go in, I would take some of the chapels. And so, it's a, you know, we did Bible studies with these guys. And we'd go before the game, we'd, we'd go meet with them and, and preach to them all and, and uh, try to get them pumped up. And then they would lose, you know. And so I would record the games. And then when I go home, I'd, I'd want to check, you know, because if they're going to lose, kind of like, I don't want to waste three hours on watching them lose again. So I'm going to wait. If they won, then okay, I'm going to watch. Yay, we won. You know, but if it's like, oh, they got crushed, I just can't waste the time. So this is a little bit like that. You're going to see what's going to happen at the end. And, and I, I want to tell you, this life is worth living. You're going to see how, how it all ends, that, that it's worth going through this. It is worth pursuing holiness and walking in holiness with God. Uh, and so that's what we're doing today. We're looking at holiness completed. So here's our theme scripture for this whole series. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded. It means as we go through this series and talk about holiness, it's not just a concept. 
out there. It's not just a theological philosophy, but it's something that both needs to fill our minds, but also it, it needs to produce in our lives. Set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's this part where we right now are sober-minded and we're filling our minds with the understanding of holiness so that we can live it out and practically apply it to our lives. But there's also the part that yet to come. Uh, we set our hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's the what's here right now in our lives that we apply but also what we're looking forward to that stirs a hope in us because you don't hope for what you already have i'm not hoping for the christmas gifts that i got this past christmas i already have them you know and but there's there's still gifts yet to come there's still blessing from god yet to come there's still goodness from god yet to come as the fruit of our holiness but there's uh, our part, our, our practical application of holiness in our lives. As obedient church, children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And so we see here that there's a former way of living, when we didn't know anything about God, didn't know anything about Christ, didn't know anything about holiness and what that looked like. And he's saying, you got to stop that. And now live in holiness in all of your conduct. Why? Because as you connect with Christ, he is holy and he makes you holy. So holiness completed. That's what we're talking about today. What is it going to look like? Where are we headed? Because as we see that, there's, there's something about envisioning that actually helps us to get there. So I remember when we, uh, when I, I was playing sports, like in high school, the coaches would always say, you know, you gotta, you, you, you have to practice like how you want to play. And then you have to envision how you want the game to go. So we're going to think through how the plays run. You're going to think through how the competition's going to go. I remember the first time that I heard this concept, I was in track and field. And, and they said, okay, you know, what you're going to do, guys, is, is this afternoon uh, before the meet, we're all going to gather early, a few hours early, and then we're going to just envision. We're all going to, like, rest. So we're all, gonna, we're all in, in the gym. And he said, everybody, you know, find some place to lie down, and then you just close your eyes and envision, you know, your, your event and envision yourself winning. Envision yourself. For me, it was like high jump and long jump and triple jump and hurdles. Envision yourself, you know, and how are you going to start? And think through how you're going to walk through it. And at those times, I had no, I didn't know anything about track and field, really. I was just, and so even just envisioning it, I thought, this is so crazy. You know, why did I come early here? I could be at home in air conditioning instead of in this hot gym lying here. I could be resting and getting ready, you know, instead of lying here just daydreaming. You know, what a waste of time. But as I began, began to compete more and more, I began to understand the power and the importance of envisioning and seeing. And, and there's that famous story of Walt Disney where they, he didn't build Disneyland uh, during his lifetime, but he designed it. And then when it was, when it was finally finished, his widow was there. And they said, what do you think Walt would have thought, you know, if, if, he, if he saw all this? You know, isn't it sad that he died before it all came to pass? And, and she said, well, the, only, is, the real, only reason why it's here is because he did see it. And there's a power in seeing where we're headed. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to see where are we headed.
where are our lives headed? Where is humanity headed, creation? To holiness completed. What is that going to look like at the end? So here's a brief overview. How will it all end? Okay, so we're going to look at well, how it all will end. What will it be like when it ends? There's only one ending. So there's all these different theories of, you know, it's going to end like, the world's going to end like this, and the world's going to end like this. But the Bible says, actually, here's how it's all going to end. And we'll walk through some of the alternatives. Uh, and then we'll say, there will be winners and losers. So there's only one ending, but you can either win at the end or lose at the end. And I know we'd like that to just give out participation, you know, trophies like, oh, you just played good, you played hard, that's good. But, you know, there's something in us that likes to win. And there's a reason why. Because the Bible frames our existence and our time here on earth in terms of winning and losing. And we actually make the choice whether or not we want to win or lose. And so today we're going to look at what does it mean to win? What does that look like? How do we make that choice? And, and really, again, it goes back to holiness. Holiness completed. The scripture is going to read Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All things, all these things are gone forever. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in, the very, is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And so we're looking here into the future, into the end of time. And I love how uh, some of the songs that we sang earlier, uh, thanks to, to the, the Danner family, kind of like the Von Trapp family leading us in worship. It's so awesome. Uh, you know about that one song, talk about how when we're standing on the shores of eternity, and that's what we're doing today, we're, we're, we're going to look at what does that look like when we cross over into eternity? What does the Bible say about that, and how does holiness affect that? What role does it play there? And so it's, uh, and, and then I love that passage that, that, uh, that Clay read from Revelation, we're spending today in, in the book of Revelation, how when Jesus comes again, how powerful that's going to be and what it's all going to look like. So um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your word that shows us, Lord, not only unpacks our souls and our lives and our, our experiences here on earth, and, uh, but also, Lord God, begins to show us the, the future, Lord, and, and where our lives and where this earth is headed. I pray, Lord God, today that as we look into your word, uh, your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And really, that, that above all else, we would see you in the scriptures. And that, Lord, as we look to the future, that we would experience true holiness, which is to be with you and to become like you. And, Lord, to, to do what you've created us to do, that we might bring you glory, 
that we might honor you even as we become more like you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So how will it all end? Okay. So Revelation chapter 21, we'll start with verse 1 and 2. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. So let's just take a pause right there for a moment and, and talk about that. Number one says, There will be a new heaven and a new earth. So at the end of time, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And, and, and what that means, that word new there means it's like renewed, redone, remade. It's not like completely um, different, but it's taking what is and renewing it and redoing it. Okay, so there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And it says this, the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. Okay, so there's a, a wiping away of what we see now and replacing it with something else. Okay, a new heaven a new earth, and the sea was also gone. And that's an interesting little uh, phrase there. The sea also was gone. It doesn't mean that on this new earth there won't be any oceans. What it does mean is, is back in the day, the sea was what divided the land. And so that sea represents division. It represents death. It represents, in, in, in Jesus' day, or um, they would look, and, and the sea was a scary place. And there was a lot of just this tells and mythology of how the sea was uh, representative of danger and death and darkness and depths of the sea. Uh, but it says now this separation between us and God is, and between us and others is going to be gone. And so the sea was also gone. Verse 2 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed uh, for her husband. And so here we see the holy city coming down. And so there's a new heaven and a new earth. But it's interesting that, that the Bible talks about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven to earth. And God places us on earth for a reason. And God is renewing the earth for a reason in fact jesus said this pray that as in heaven so on earth and the focus god didn't create adam and eve and put them in heaven he created adam and eve and put them on earth and they were meant to care for this earth and so when god creates a new heaven and a new earth he's actually bringing heaven down to earth and that's where we'll actually spend the rest of eternity. So what does that mean? What does that look like? If God's intention has always been earth. You heard that phrase, heaven on earth. This, this, is, uh, this is what God created us for, heaven on earth. What was that? Isn't there a song like that? The Belinda Carlisle? <laughs> heaven on earth. I think this means something else. But, but it's biblical in that we're to experience heaven here on earth. And our role is to bring all of heaven here to earth. And that's what God's going to do at the end of time. It says, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. And so God's intention is to redo this earth. But a lot of what we see on this earth, what we experience on this earth, this earth is what we will actually carry with us into heaven. Or into eternity, I should say. Because we'll continue. There will be an earth. And just like Adam and Eve took care of the earth, took care of the Garden of Eden, we're to fill the earth, we're to fill this new earth, and we're to take care of it. There'll be industry. I believe competition will be a part of heaven. 
without the, the bummer of losing, but with the excitement of competing. I believe that the things that we enjoy here on earth, the, the things that the beauty that we enjoy, uh, you know, I, lo I, I love going to, to beautiful places and, and seeing, I grew up in Hawaii, so it's, you know, it's a beautiful place. My wife I grew up in New Zealand, and I like traveling with her to New Zealand, and we're just talking with some of the guys, uh, some of the guys in, in my small group who, they went skiing, and, you know, up in the mountains where it's just beautiful. There's every, every time you go skiing up in the mountains, and you see just the snow, and just, you know, there's a lot of just gorgeous places that God has created. I, I love going in the, in the ocean and just seeing God's beauty. I love watching Nature Channel and Travel Channel, and you see just these amazing places. And I believe eternity is going to be like that. I think we're just not going to sit around twiddling our thumbs. But the Bible says there's a city coming down, the new Jerusalem coming down. And it's interesting because the, the Bible also says that that new Jerusalem, it's actually, it gives the dimensions of new Jerusalem. It's 2,220 kilometers, which is like, for those of you from the States, that's from like Canada down to Mexico. And so this is a city that stretches that huge. And, and it says that it's actually a, it's a three-dimensional city. So you ever see these sci-fi movies where, you know, guys are going up and down and, and it's this huge city that seems to be like hanging in space and, and they're, they're traveling through space up and down through, you know, the buildings that are up and below. And, it, and, and in some way, that's the way that New Jerusalem is going to look like. It's three-dimensional. It's four-square. It's, it's 2,200 kilometers high, 2,200 kilometers wide, and 2,200 kilometers long. And, and when you walk into a beautiful garden or, or a beautiful natural scenery, there's something also that's inspiring when you walk into a beautiful building. Right? We love to just go and, and, and sightsee. And, and, and through all eternity, I think we're going to be creating. Because I think creativity is a part of God. And I don't think it ends when this world ends. I think it only gets better. When sin is gone, all the good parts of who we are will continue on. I can always remember when we did a pizza theology and we'd get together and any questions that, that people had and some high school kids were like, you know what, what's going to happen in heaven? It seems like it's going to be kind of boring. Like, will there be video games in heaven? And what are we going to do, sit around all day and, you know? play our harp and sit on a cloud or what, what's what's the deal you know I, I feel like maybe hell's going to be like more exciting than heaven you know it's just we have just these false concepts of heaven and hell and 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 what heaven's going to be like because everything good the bible says comes from god so all the things that we enjoy that are good those are going to come from god excitement happiness joy good food you know god created food and, I've, and, and the Bible talks about one of the first things that we'll do is huge banquet. I just don't think we're going to be sitting up there and taking little pills. It all tastes the same. Yeah, it's a great banquet, you know. I think there's going to be all kinds of amazing foods up there, amazing music. I think we're going to be writing music, creating buildings, discovering. There's a whole universe out there to discover. And we'll have all of eternity to figure out how to travel and how to build in three dimensions and what that's, that looks like. And, and I think that all the things that, that we do here that bring us satisfaction and, and joy and, and, and uh, sense of purpose are going to continue on in heaven. But it's going to be the new, a new Jerusalem. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, we read earlier. May your kingdom come. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So it's not just pray that we get to heaven. It's pray that heaven comes down to earth. That's God's intention. In fact, Romans chapter 8, we read this, uh, I think, last week or week before. All creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And see, all of creation is waiting for that day when the old will be made new. And so this creation that God has made will be renewed and will, just like Adam and Eve were there to take care, and it was just beautiful freedom and amazing creativity, God will restore all of that. And through all of eternity, we'll be building and learning and growing and expanding and discovering. And it's, it's, it's just going to be an amazing time. If you think this, you think this earth is amazing, and you like tra- how many of you like travel? Anybody out here loves travel? Going visiting places? How many of you like eating? Eating new things, you know? How many of you like just like nice clothes or a nice house and decorating your home or, you know? How many of you like driving or, or like uh, fast cars or comfortable cars or, you know, I, I just think all these kinds of things, I think we're going to create amazing ways to travel and, and amazing, dec- you know, just creativity and art. And, and amazing ways to just enjoy food and hot springs and things like that. I just think all the good stuff, we're going to have that for all of eternity. Because all of that comes from God. Only thing it's going to be on 10 and on 100 and on 1,000. Because we'll have all of eternity to just keep growing and improving. The Bible says we can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for us. So we just have way too low a view of what heaven is really like and what God has in store for us. And all of creation is waiting for that. So what will it be like? Okay, what will it be like? Well, first of all, two two things that it mentioned. Number one, it's going to be like a new city. So all that we see here, the things we like about city. When I was in in, in seminary, we did these, these courses about city life. You know, and just how cities have grown throughout history and the impact that cities have made. The first places where they, they figured out how to build walls around the city and what a change that brought to civilization. And throughout the impact that cities have had, so much more creativity in cities than outside of cities when people come together and start thinking together. Uh, and when we get to heaven, it's going to be like a new city, the heavenly Jerusalem coming down. And so there's going to be this industry and community and creativity of just living uh, together and that buzz that we love. Uh, I know my wife, she, she loves big cities. Um, and uh, lo- we love living in New York City. I'm kind of both. I like big cities and I also like the countryside. I'm fine either, either place. Uh, b- because the Bible also says that it'll be like a garden. There'll be rivers and trees. And, and uh, it says wherever the river of God flows, it's going to be teeming with life. And I love watching the, the Nature Channel. And one of my favorites is just watching like the, the stuff about the ocean. And just these amazing uh, views and, and animals in the ocean. And, and then we catch them and we eat them. It's so good. I love watching fishing shows, you know. But all that, that's, that's what it's going to be like. It's heaven and a garden. But also he says it's going to be like, like a bride coming down on her wedding day. 
And embracing the future, stepping into the future is going to be like that wedding day. And, I mean, I remember our wedding day. It was, it was such a good day. You know, I remember getting them in the morning with my brothers. We hung out. We went to the hot tub. And, you know, we're just hanging out and talking. And then getting ready for the wedding, getting dressed. We were late because we were hanging out too much in the hot tub, you know. Um, but then you, you, you get there, you know, to, to, the, um, uh, to the room where the where you're going to have the wedding, you know, and, and then the music's playing and everybody's all decked out and dressed and it's just, it's, you know, it's beautiful. And then uh, I'm standing up there. I walk in with the pastor. We're standing in the front, you know, and then there my wife came around and she's just gorgeous. And you've just been, you've been waiting 50 years for this, right? Me, I was 50 years old. They're like, wow, you know, it's amazing, right? That wedding day. Uh, that just it, there's so much uh, the 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 feast that follows and I don't I don't remember much of anything we didn't eat much but it was so much fun just being there so your closest friends just talking about life and celebrating together and the Bible says that's what it's gonna be like we see Jesus is gonna be that same kind of excitement that we're gonna feel when we see what He's prepared for us and He says it's gonna start with that with with a wedding feast it's gonna be like that that's gonna be the kickoff. And he says from there, it's just going to keep getting better and better because the Bible, his, the, God says he has new ideas and new things for us every morning. God's got new adventures for us, new thoughts he's thinking towards us. That's what eternity is going to be like. So it's verse 3. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. As we enter into eternity, there's going to be a loud shout. And, and, and uh, when you talk about heaven shouting, that's going to be pretty loud. The Bible says when God spoke before, it sounded like thunder. Whenever God came into creation. And so there's going to be this thunderous sound. It's kind of like yesterday we were at uh, the Grand Hyatt. And they're popping the firecrackers and you're in this, you know, you're in, in like the, uh, the portico and, and it's just all hard concrete and these firecrackers, I don't know how many strings they had going on, but it was just deafening. He says, look, God's home is now among the people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. So in that holy city and with the bride and, and, and groom. Verse 4. The next one, there we go. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So God will be with us. God will be with us all the time forever no divorce like you enter into marriage and you're just there with someone that you really enjoy being with like i know some you know some couples they're like oh man we can't work together it's horrible you know when we when i had my wife work for me and it was bad or i worked with my you know with my wife and we just go fighting all the time but for terry and i we work together live together play together and honestly it's just fun it's just good. Uh, we enjoy it. But how much more when you, your spouse is perfect like Jesus? And he is the creator of fun and joy in all things beautiful. And he has all power. Like he can make anything happen. But he lets you make things happen. He just knows exactly when to, to let you figure it out on your own and when to come in and help you. If your spouse was, was, was just perfect, like they always said the right thing at the right time, and did the right thing at the right time. And that's what it's like being married to Jesus. Just always knows exactly the right thing to say in the right moment. When to be quiet. 
when to step alongside. That's what it's going to be like. And was ne that's never going to end. And all the tears will be gone. I love that. How all the tears will be gone. All the pain. Because this world is full of pain. We live in a sin-broken world that's full of tears. I, I just had a, a very close friend of ours. And she used to come and one of our dear aunties, every year she'd come and with, with a bunch of them, they'd come and stay in our little New York City apartment, sleep in our living room floor. She's in her 80s, 90s. And, um, but they would come and spend the, the, a week or two between Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And just, we would just holiday together. Uh, and so much fun, laughing all the time with them. Just a dear, close friend. Every Christmas time, she would invite all of us, the, the next generation young guys, to come on over and, uh, you know, make a make a Christmas meal together. And she was just everybody loved her. And uh, and she just passed this week. One of my mom's and dad's best friends, and all of his kids loved her. She gave my youngest brother his first job. Um, you know, we're we're all just sharing all the things ways she, she's impacted all of my siblings, all of our lives. Um, and you just have friends like that. You know, but her passing was extremely difficult, excruciatingly painful. And when she passed, we were just like, man, praise God that she's no longer in pain. But there were a lot of tears before that. You know, and here in the church, Matthew, uh, part of our SLT, Matthew and Emily, Matthew's mom just passed away unexpectedly. And there was a lot of tears. And in this life, there's sorrow, there's pain. There's tears, tears of frustration, tears of times when you feel like you've just been wronged and there's injustice, tears of pain, um, grief of separation, you know, disappointment. We experience all those pains here on earth. But the Bible says when Jesus comes, when this thing all ends, that's all done with. He's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. That's going to be an amazing time, gone forever is a good thing that they're gone forever and god will come and, and and then ephesians he says this about it for husbands this means love your wives just as christ loved the church he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean washed by the cleansing of god's word he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish instead she will be holy and without fault as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Like husband and wife, we come together, we're one, and yet we're separate. Husband and wife, we are separate, but yet we're one. And the longer that we, we live together, the more we become like each other. And the more that we begin to understand each other and begin to align and support each other. And so this is the picture uh, of what God's intention is. And so here we see, I don't know if that's too small, but um, God initially in, in, in heaven, that's what we call the archetype, uh, or it's, it's the picture. It's, the, it's the, the exact picture of what God intended. So in, in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are together three as one. And that's what God wants to do here on earth with us, is that we are also, Jesus said, my prayer for them for the church is that they would be one with you father and i just as you and i are one so that we here on earth would have the same kind of relationship that god the father son and holy spirit have in heaven and so that's the heavenly tabernacle that i just this the whole sermon is just so i can use this pointer uh 
the heavenly ta tabernacle. And then God had the prototype, which was the Garden of Eden. And, and it was a picture of, of what God intended, but it was the prototype. You know what a prototype is, right? It's a picture. It's like the first iteration. And, and that one, um, it, was, it was great. It was a picture of God coming down and walking in the garden with Adam and Eve every day and Adam and Eve being in perfect in harmony together and totally open with each other, naked but unashamed. Um, but then, and, and then when that failed, there was an earthly tabernacle, which was a type or picture of what God finally intended, which is Jesus, the anti-type. No longer a type, but now the real thing. Jesus, us in him, and he in us, one together in relationship. And, and so Jesus is the picture of what we're supposed to be. So Hebrews says it this way. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here on the mountain. And so even this on church is just a pattern. It's like um, it's a pattern of what God intends through all of eternity. It's a very poor pattern, but it's the best that we got right now. To, to the best of our understanding but it's just a it's just a vague pattern a shadow of what we'll experience through all of eternity john 1 14 so the word became human and made his home among us he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son and then further on in, in revelation 21 it says i saw no temple in the city for the lord god almighty and the lamb are its temple and the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its light. And so the, in, in, in heaven, in the new city, we don't even need a temple. We don't even have to gather like this, because we'll be with God all the time. And we'll have fellowship all the time. And His light will flood the city. And I love that as it describes this city, and the, the, the walls are like glass, and, the, and these different precious stones each floor is like a different precious stones and, and you can just imagine light going through all these different precious jewels and reflecting through so that when God's in the middle, the light just shines throughout all of the city. And, and you know, I'm horrible at that kind of imagination. Uh, and, and all the ones that when I see pictures, people try to paint pictures that I always think, that looks kind of cheesy. But the reality is going to be so far beyond what we could imagine. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. And there's only one ending. And one sitting on the throne, um, Revelation chapter 21, verses 5 and 6. The one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And there may be a lot of theories of how the world's going to end and what eternity looks like. But God has told John, hey, look, you write this down because actually this is what you can trust because this is true. This is what's really going to happen. And he also said, it's finished. In other words, there's not going to be any changes in it. It's all done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. He said, this is the way it's going to be. And we can have all the different ideas of you know, religion and, 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 and eternity. But God said, look, this is the one that I'm telling you is true. Now, you and I, we all have the ability to choose. But I would just say, choose wisely. The way that the Bible has it is he has this, a personal God who is all-powerful, who holds everything together. So he's in connected with all of creation. And yet, individually within creation, we all have our own personality. 
We have our own individualism, and we get to make choices ourselves. It's this amazing thing of, of a God who controls and is in all things, and yet you and I, who also have the ability to, like God, choose and make choices and experience things for ourselves. And so you have that choice of that we get to live through all of eternity, choosing, creating, like walking alongside this amazing God who cares for us, loves us, does everything for us, has created an amazing universe for us to grow and to play in throughout all of eternity. Or you have the alternative. You know, there's like the, the, the nat materialistic or naturalism, all that's here. There's, there's no spiritual stuff. There's no mystic. There's just what is. It's kind of like evolution, you know, just, there's just m the material world around us. And you and I, we just happen to, you know, here on earth, we, then in this planet, we were just lucky mud. You know, there's a bunch of mud and somehow we got lucky and somehow lightning hit or something and we turned into the ability to have life. And then we had all of a sudden had the ability to know stuff. But we only get to know stuff for as long as we as humans exist because there was a whole, you know, eternity before we existed and there'll be, you know, eons afterwards because it just goes on. There's no, really no beginning or end. It just all is material world. And someday we as, as humans will just be off the, 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 the face of creation, you know, uh, and we'll be out of history. And so we just were here to be mud, but luckier mud. And when we're gone, it's just, we're gone. That's it. There's no purpose. There's no reason why you and I are any different from the rock, from a rock or a tree or a kumquat or a breeze of wind. We're just all, you know, we're just lucky because we, we have, at least in this time, we got to be able to tell that we are having fun or not having fun and that we're different from the rock. But we think we are the rock, just like the rock. And so when we're dead, we're just back to being rock. I mean, that's really exciting. That, you know, it just makes you really want to get up and make greater things because someday it'll all be gone and we'll all be done. We'll be back into the black hole. That's just kind of the most hopeless perspective of existence. And then there's the other time where everything's spiritual and then everything's God. You know, and so we're just all God. We're all part of the divine. And the, and the goal is to be less and less of our individuality and more and more of the cosmic deity and someday we'll all be the cosmic deity together um and i don't i'm not sure what that would look like you know haven't studied that a lot but i know that we're kind of in some ways on our own and we have to make our way but at the same time we're going to become part of god where we have some influence maybe but not sure and so this thing of someday i'm going to be just an essence I lose all my personal individuality, but I'll be part of the essence of the universe. And we'll all be part of this, you know, divine essence that runs through all of creation. I don't know about you, but I love the individuality. I enjoy being different from other people and getting to know other people and getting to know a God who has personality and is involved with us. And so of the three, the one that makes sense to me the most is this one. Christianity. It just makes sense. And it aligns with all the scientific reality. Because when you go through science, science, actually, the equations don't work out to say that, yeah, we just are and always have been and will continue to always be. 
Actually, they, the scientific theories all lead back to, no, there was, there was like a big bang. There was like a, a start to all of this. We recognize that somewhere there was a start that at least we, we have really can't get our minds around it, but somewhere there was a beginning where everything came from nothing. That's at least what physicists tell me. You know, that, that, that's where the equations lead. And that someday I'll, this thing will all resolve. And so to me, it just all goes back. Christianity just has the best concept of what we have. And, and all three can't be true. If one of them is true, then the other two aren't. And just like in, in, in my heart, I, I, I have this sense like, I wish, you know, can't we all just get along and all go to heaven together? But the Bible says, actually, no, they're actually winners and losers. And that's hard. Because one side of me just says, I want everybody to be there. But the other side of me recognizes that there, are, there is such a thing as justice. And I don't want to live forever in, in a society that has injustice and abuse. And where people lie and cheat and steal. That's not, that is certainly not my picture of the eternity that I want. The Bible says that actually there will be winners and losers. And this, this past week when we were reading in the, um, our daily reading, Matthew 25, just says, you know, the, the day is going to come when the Son of Man will come and he'll sit in judgment and there will be division. And those that are loving, and those just live out of care for others, he's going to say, yeah, that's like me. And those that prepare and think ahead, he's going to say, yeah, that's like me. And those that know me, those that are interested in the relationship and don't just use me for power. You, you who know, know me didn't just want to take advantage of my name and my gifts. Said, That's, you also, you also win. You, you come in. See, heaven's going to be people who love each other. Heaven's going to be people who think and plan and have some discipline and character in their lives. Heaven's going to be people who are interested in relationship with each other. And there will be winners and there will be losers. And it's hard. But when we start to, th to think about it, we realize, yeah, no, we're not going to have murder, pedophilia, adultery, through all of eternity. These things have to stop. And I wish people would just stop because it's the right thing to do. And God's giving people every opportunity to change. And yet we still take advantage of each, of each other, lie and cheat and steal and abuse. And at some point, God's going to say, you know what? We're just gonna, there's going to be a separation. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. And victorious is not victorious over other people because all of everyone's welcome. Everyone's invited. Everyone, God's intention is that everyone would be in heaven. But we, some of us choose not to. And so it's really us uh, not competing with each other for heaven, but we compete against sin. We, really comp we compete our, against our own sinful nature. And do we want to be the kinds of people that are loving and caring? Think about others. 
but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, and this is the second death. And there will be that separation. Those who just constantly live in fear, who don't trust God, live in corruption. You know, we understand, I mean, just human nature, we know that we're created to win. There's something inside of us that likes winning. Evil corrupts that to where we want to win at the expense of others. But God's intention is that all, we'd all win. That we'd live in that place of victory. Victory over our fears. Victory over the obstacles that confront us. Victory over our corrupt and immoral passions. Starting to live right before God. This is God's intention for us. And the reason why we enjoy winning, we enjoy supporting winning teams, being a part of winning teams, triumphing over the IKEA furniture that we had to put together. We just that sense of, I won, you know, I put it together. It's because that's the heart of God. And that's what we're created for. We're created to win. And so God gives us a picture of that, of what that looks like. So he gives us a glimpse of heaven because that's what keeps us going through the hard times here on earth. Because you and I, we will all experience times when it's difficult, when doubts start to come in, when it's hard, when we feel disappointed and discouraged and at times even depressed about things. And God gives us a picture of heaven so that it keeps us going. There's a famous swimmer, Florence Chadwick, and, and uh, she was famous because she was the first uh, woman to swim uh, the English Channel back and forth. It's like 20 miles. I think she swam the 23-mile distance back and forth. Set the records fastest in her time. And then she went to go try to swim. She was from the States, I think from... LA or San Diego, somewhere around there. And, uh, and so then she wanted to swim from the, the shore in California out to Catalina Island, which is a 26-mile swim. And so her first attempt to swim that swim, she went out, she has like, you know, a team of folks going with her, boats that, that go alongside, that, you know, coaching them. And she, as she's swimming, fog rolls in as it often does in that, in that area. And so she got into the boat, gave up. When the fog lifted, the, she realized she was just one mile away from the shore. She had swum 25 miles and just had one more mile to go. But she said, when I lost sight of everything, when I lost sight of the boats around me and, and I lost sight of the shore, I just didn't have the drive to go. So the next time that she did it, she just memorized, got a picture. She said, the next time that I did it, I had this picture of what that shoreline looked like. And as I was swimming, when the fog came in, I just kept that mental picture and it just carried me through. There's something about that envisioning. And, and this is the point of God giving us these pictures, these, these descriptions and revelation of what the end will look like so that you and I have an idea. And that's why we have these, these moments with God, moments where we just feel God and feel like we've connected with him, whether it's in worship or we see a miracle happen in our lives or God does something in our lives. We read something in the scripture. It just makes sense. Or we meet someone and you just feel that, that kind of fellowship. God gives us his little taste of what heaven will be like so that we keep on track in that direction. And as a body of Christ, we want to be those who continue to paint that picture. It's going to be better. Heaven is better than this. We can do it. 
you can do it. Keep going. Stay on track. Don't throw aside. Don't give up your faith. Don't give up your hope. Trust the word of God. Trust God's promises. They will come to pass. This is the one who's faithful and true. This is what he's saying. And so as we close today, I just want to encourage you. Holiness comes down to relationship with God. And where a relationship with God leads is to an eternity with him. And that eternity is amazing beyond what we could even imagine. So would you stand with me? One last scripture, Acts chapter 3. Peter says, now repent of your sins and turn to God that your sins may be wiped away. Whenever we bring our sins, anything that separates us from God, anything that we've done to damage that relationship, either by our choices or by our neglect, the Bible says when we repent, bring those to God, he'll wipe them away. Next verse. It says, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. God throughout this life is going to keep bringing you moments of refreshment along the way. And every time that we repent, God wants to keep coming in. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. That time will come. Jesus will return. It may or may not be in our lifetime. We just know that we're closer to his return than any other generation. But we do know that God will continue to give times of refreshing if we'll repent and turn towards him. And that if we keep on that track, when he returns again, he'll restore everything and invite us into eternity with him. Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we are just so grateful for Jesus and what he's done in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, that it's not based on our works, what we've done, but through Jesus' death on the cross, we're saved, we're made holy. I thank you, Lord God, that you continue to come to us at times of refreshing. And and today, Lord God, we just come to you and and we just take a moment, Lord, and, and we ask your Holy Spirit to show us anything in our lives that's causing a separation between us and you, between us and and what you've created us for. Anything that's keeping us from that relationship. And Father, grant us gifts of repentance that we would turn from those things and turn back towards you. Lord, we have a deep desire to experience you, to walk with you, and to live the life that you created us for. So forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us by the power of your death on the cross. And Lord, may we experience the holiness that only comes from knowing you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And our prayer for you today is is that this week you would really experience moments where you just become aware of God in your life. Begin to become aware of his heart for you that we would live in that holiness that only comes from walking hand in hand with God. Lord bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. 
You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.